This is Sports Talk with Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on sportstalksc.com, as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again into Sports Talk here on the Sports Talk Media Network. And what a couple of hours it has been. We are in Mount Pleasant. We were at Clemson last night at Little John Coliseum. We've made the drive to Charleston for the introduction of Maurice Drayton as a new football coach at the Citadel. Thought that was going to be our big story of the day. We're here at the Comeback Shack with our good friend Coach Chuck Reedy, the one in Mount Pleasant. So if you're in the area, come on by and say hello to Chuck and, and buy me a hamburger. I'd be appreciative. But late this afternoon, the word broke out of Clemson that Brandon Streeter had been fired as the offensive coordinator. And now just a, a few minutes ago, Tiger Nets reporting that the Tigers have hired Garrett Riley from TCU to be the new offensive coordinator. Riley, of course, is the is the brother of Lincoln Riley. Uh, he, too, is well-known for his offensive prowess and his offensive mind and play calling and scheme. Uh, helped TCU get to the national championship game this year. Georgia had no trouble figuring out a scheme. Uh, of course, they have superior <laughs> athletes. But that seems to be the deal. Clemson's Board of Trustees will meet tomorrow to uh, formalize a, a contractual agreement in the athletic department. This is who it's for. You figure it's going to be maybe a figure. You figure, you figure it's going to be in the neighborhood of three million, maybe two and a half to three million. So, Coach Chuck Reedy is here. Uh, we're going to keep him as long as he'll stay with us, hopefully for the whole two hours, because we got a lot to talk about. We'll play some of the Maurice Drayton uh, press conference and the gaggle interview with him. Uh, some Brad Brownell from last night, terrific win by the Tigers. While we're here in uh, Charleston. The uh, College of Charleston, great win last night at Wilmington to stay undefeated in the CAA. But, Coach, the, the story today breaking late this afternoon is the change. Brandon Streeter out his one full year singularly running the offense, not good enough. And Garrett Riley, young, hot name on the offensive side in college football coming into Clemson. Yeah, uh, Coach Sweeney, I think – he, he needed to do something. He needed to make a change. We talked about this, you know, during the season. You know, they were a little bit stale. And, uh, you know, this is a home run hire. You know, one thing you can say about Dabo now, when, when he does something, you know, he, you know, he's done this with Venables. He did it with Chad Morris. And uh, here he goes again. You know, he needed to go outside of the Clemson uh, network. And uh, he did that. And, you know, I think the Clemson fans are going to be ecstatic with this hire. So do you think Dabo takes the hands-off approach to the offense like he did with Chad Morris, even though I'll never forget one time when somebody identified the Clemson offense to him as the Chad Morris offense, he said, no, 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 this is the Clemson offense. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's, it was the Clemson offense that Chad Morris brought in and made it the Clemson offense. Um, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll let, you know, Garrett Riley – 
uh, call the plays and, and, and run the show on offense. At least I hope he does, and, and I'm sure that he will. You don't hire a guy and give him that kind of money, you know, unless you're going to let him run the show. What do you think the problem was for Brandon Streeter? I mean, they never could get Uyangalale, I guess, to play at the highest level necessary. The receiving core is a little bit weaker than it has been. Running backs, uh, I mean, what, what, did you, what did you look at? Did you see something in his play calling and the way that he was running the offense that was his undoing? Well, <clears throat> we've, again, discussed this before. You know, I, I just think that they, they, they've just been doing the same thing with the same people just for too long. And, mm-hmm. and there, you know, they haven't gone outside and brought in new ideas. You know, the coaches that they've hired have been Clemson guys that were in the same system and the same mindset. And, um, you know, they needed something from outside with new ideas. And, um, you know, now as far as this play calling, you know, we can all sit here and criticize that. Um, You know, obviously DJ, you know, wasn't the kind of guy that, that, you know, that played at the level everybody thought he was going to play at. You know, it's amazing how as a freshman – (laughs) guy was in two games and was phenomenal. Right. And everybody says, you know, shoot, there won't be a drop-off between uh, Trevor Lawrence and him. But, you know, he just never did progress, never did uh, improve, really. You know, first part of this year he was a little bit better, but then reverted right back to the same problems that he'd had before. What is it like as a head coach to have to fire a coordinator or any assistant coach, but let's stay at the coordinate coordinator level what how do you do it how do you approach it what's it like is it it, it, and especially if it's somebody that you hired is it kind of an admission that you made a mistake yeah and it's it's a tough thing to do and especially somebody that you're close to uh which i'm i'm sure was the case with with brandon streeter uh yeah it's a tough thing to do but you know you at some point you realize hey this isn't working you know we need a change and, uh, you know, I think that's one thing you've got to give Dabo credit for. You know, he, you know, he made the call with, with, um, with Kevin Steele, which was, you know, not an easy, you know, that wasn't easy. Um, but, you know, after that debacle in the Orange Bowl, I mean, he made that call. That might have been easier with the debacle, but also I think they kind of butted heads yeah, personally, yeah. personality-wise. I, right. No, I, I think you're right there. Yeah. But then Billy Napier, you know, with, you know, Billy should have never been named the coordinator. He was too young. He wasn't ready for it, didn't have the experience for it. And, uh, you know, I think at that point, I think Dabo wanted to be more involved in the offense. And, you know, and I think that was a way for him to feel like, you know, he had a guy that he could work with and be more involved. But when that didn't work, you know, he, he made the call and, uh, and hired Chad Morris. So, you know, he's, he's made, you know, he, he's done this before and, you know, and made some good decisions and good yeah. choices. Yeah, yeah. And this is um, – it's a Clemson man he's firing, and I'm trying to think just going through my brain here. Uh, I don't think they've had a Clemson man as a coordinator that they have fired before. Um, in his years there, maybe even you know going back to previous staffs, I'd have to think. But, I mean, that had to make it doubly tough as well. This is a guy that played there, and so he's got skin in the game. You helped bring him up as a coach when he came into the program. And you helped develop him as a coach, and now you got to let him go. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think Dabo, this is his way of, you know, admitting that, uh, you know, you can't just stay in-house, 
you know, I think that's what he was what he was trying to do and what he had done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Brandon Streeter was a Clemson guy, and he had been, you know, just as when Chad Morris left, he, he moved Elliott and Jeff Scott up, and he did the same thing with Streeter, you know, did it all in-house. And I think this is his way of, of finally admitting, you know, that, you know, that doesn't necessarily work and uh, needed new blood, needed new ideas, and, you know, they're going to get that for sure. Yeah, you and I were talking before we went on the air, and there was, of course, when this happened, the speculation immediately jumped on Jeff Scott, who's now living back in Clemson after being fired at USF. But you kind of scoffed at that for that very reason. You'd just be bringing back somebody who already does it the way you've been doing it. Right. Yeah, I when, when we were talking about it, I, uh, you know, I said, no, that's not Dabo's – that's not – you know, he's going to make a big splash. And, and Jeff Scott wouldn't have been a big splash. It would have been, you know, hey, we're bringing the guy back. But, again, same ideas, same, same thoughts, philosophy, what have you. That's not what they needed. You know, they, they didn't need more of that. They needed some like Garrett Riley. Yeah. That's what they need. Having, having coached in Texas at Baylor, as you did, and, of course, TCU being in Texas. Of course, this goes back a lot of yeah. years, but you, I know you know the program well. And What did you think of their rise to prominence this year? Did you get a chance to kind of watch Riley a little bit, not knowing this was going to happen, right. but maybe just kind of watch him as an old offensive coordinator yourself, seeing how he ran his offense, handled his quarterbacks, developed things? What did you, If you did, what would you take away? Yeah, I, I can't say that I really paid much attention to it. Um, you know, TCU obviously was a Cinderella story, um, you know, with with Dykes coming in there, mm-hmm. you know, first year. <laughs> um, but TCU, you know, and, and give credit to Gary Patterson because he developed that program, got the facilities to where, you know, they've got facilities that are comparable to, to anybody. I mean, they're, you know, they, they've got those things now that mm-hmm. they didn't have, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, and, and they were able – they're able to get good players. And there's good players in Texas. There's speed in Texas. And, you know, he was able to utilize that. Obviously, the receiver, you know, the quarterback, you know, had a, had a great year. You know, guy was a backup coming in and, mm-hmm. you know, and ended up having a great season. So, you have to say, you know, he did a good job with him, obviously. Uh, you know, because, um, you know, for him to come in, not wasn't even the starter, and then come in and be second in the Heisman, you know, obviously he did something right. So, knowing the Clemson personnel, as you do, what do you expect him to do with this Clemson personnel? Well, you know, they're, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be a, obviously a spread team. They're going to, they're going to sling it around, and they're going to do it in different ways than, than what the Clemson's been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't know, you know. But the one thing, I, you know, they're going to get the ball thrown down the field. That's one thing that you, you saw with TCU. Now, they had, I think, I think I saw at some point they had as many big plays or maybe more big plays than anybody in the country. And so, you know, that's what Clemson's lacked. They haven't had the big plays. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you can expect them to get the ball thrown down the field. Now, they got to find a receiver that can stretch the field. That's the next thing, you know. You know, it's hard to throw it down the field and stretch the field if you don't have guys that can do it. So, it'll be interesting to see if they try to find somebody in the portal, if they try to, you know, or if they're going to stay with what they've got. Do you think with this young up-and-comer coming in to run the offense and – a coach of this era, right? Do you think he convinces Sweeney, hey, you have got to go into the portal and you have got to be willing to take some proven players, you know, and hope that they or try and make them fit the culture. Don't be so concerned about 
your culture and the idea that some guy coming in might tear it all apart. Yeah. If he's a talented guy and he checks these boxes and he helps the team in an area of weakness, you got to go get him. Well, uh, Dabo, <laughs> the decision he's made here shows that he's willing to, to, to make <laughs> the necessary changes. Now, whether he is willing to go, you know, he's not going to go all in in the portal. But, I, you know, Dabo's smart enough to understand if, there, you know, if there's a need and if we have a need, you know, and there's somebody out there. Now, it may not be anybody. I don't know. Um, if there is, you know, I think, you know, he's smart enough to know, hey, you know, let, let's, go, let's go, go get him if we can. And, you know, I, I think bringing in a guy like Riley is more attractive to a receiver than maybe if they'd have stayed with Brandon Streeter. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if, if you're looking at Clemson the last couple of years, you know, you're not real impressed with what they've done with their receivers. Um, you know, but now – you know, you got a guy like with with Riley coming in. You know, he's got a track record of developing receivers, and um, you know, which should help. Is this a message to the rest of the staff that no one here is safe? In other words, if you if you don't produce, if your area doesn't produce to what I expect, no one here is safe. No doubt about it. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know the inner workings of the staff, but you have to think that. Um, that um, Brandon Streeter and, and Dabo were very close, and you know, and, and obviously everybody on that staff is looking and say, you know what, if he if he'll fire him, he'll fire me too if I don't get the job done. And you got to give Dabo credit for that. Defense coordinator probably under a little bit of stress, I would imagine. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. You know, again, I don't I don't think anybody, you know, in the expectations at Clemson. Uh, you know, or such that, um, you know, 11-3 is, is not good enough. Um, you know, winning an AC champ championship, is that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody on that staff has to understand that, and I'm sure Dabo's going to make them certainly well aware of that, that, you know, the expectations are a lot higher, and, you know, we've got to meet those, or, we you know, we, we've got to – we'll make changes. All right, our phone number, 888-898-2525. Coach Reedy is here. We're having a great time, and uh, we are um, here at the Comeback Shack. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. We had to jump <laughs> on the big story, and the other big story is Maurice Drayton, and you know him well. We're going to talk about him and hear from him coming up in a little bit, but I know – that uh, fans perhaps want to react to this and uh, <clears throat> share their feelings about what's happened at Clemson. If you'd like to join us, phone number 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to reach us here on Sports Talk. And since 2002, more than $572 million in lottery proceeds have been used to fund Palmetto, uh, Palmetto Fellow Scholarships for the state's college-bound students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins, and playing for fun is a win for education. Got some lines open for you right now if you want to join us. Pat Daniel is back at our Dave & Buster Studios in Columbia. Eat, drink, play, and catch the big games all season long at Dave & Buster's in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. So we'll roll to the break here. And on the other side, if you want to join us, hop on board. We'll get to your phone calls. We'll talk about the Maurice Drayton announcement today over here at the Citadel. Of course, it had already been announced that he was going to be the coach. Today was the formal introduction. Uh, he has hired some staff members. Jeff Hartzell of the Post and Courier reporting that Pat Covington 
from um, who had been at Furman, the Furman product, will be the offensive coordinator. You already know that Danny Lewis out of Columbia is coming on board as well, and others, uh, Raleigh Jackson joining the staff too, and Everett Sands. And we'll be back. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. We are back at a sports talk tonight from the Comeback Shack here in uh, beautiful and busy Mount Pleasant. We're here with our friend, Coach Chuck Reedy. This is one of your two locations. The other one's over North Charleston near Charleston Southern University. Uh, they're both awesome establishments. You guys have done a, a great job. Um, how are you enjoying this part of your life being involved in this business? <laughs> well, it, it, we're enjoying it. Now, you know, I don't – I come in – a uh, few days a week and and talk to people carry food to them or whatever mm -hmm. i don't I, they don't let me in the kitchen yeah um and uh actually I, I when we were really trying to get this one up and running i was here almost every day at, but uh, now i come in just a few days a week not very often but yeah we're enjoying it the concept for the comeback shack which was born in boone north carolina mm -hmm. what's the concept yeah it's well first of all we don't have a freezer so all of our food is, is fresh. Everything, our hamburger patties, the, the fries are cut fresh every day. Patties fresh every day. Um, you know, that's, that's our, you know, our selling point. And, you know, and we're, we're at a price point that's, you know, that's doable for mm -hmm. people. And, you know, it's, it, things are expensive nowadays. But, uh, you know, we try to keep our, our prices, you know, in, in, a, in a range where families can come in and, and eat, you know, and, and, and not, not kill them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the whole, uh, the whole concept is, you know, fresh food at a reasonable price. It is that. I love the food. I'm not saying that because you're yep. here. I've eaten many, many times at the one out near uh, Charleston Southern. It's yep. awesome. And I'm sure this one is too. Beautiful location. Yeah, we were. Um, we we actually have land in uh, in Somerville that we were getting ready to build there mm -hmm. because we couldn't afford Mount Pleasant, and then this space became available, so we were able to get in here, and uh, we're hopefully going to start uh, construction in Somerville um, sometime this year. So Maurice Drayton, you know well. What do you think of him taking over at El Cid? Yeah. Well, you know, I was very fortunate to be able to hire. Uh, Maurice, um, when I was at, at Goose Creek, um, you know, I think I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the time frame there, but, you know, he had been to Citadel and they'd gotten fired. I can't remember which staff that was, but um, 
and uh, you know so we were able to to hire him and and uh, you know he worked with us a couple years and you know uh, you knew that here's a guy that you know he's going to go a long ways in this profession and i remember telling him one time i said maurice you know you know you can be anything you want to be in this profession you know you 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 can be a college coach you can be a pro coach you have all the qualities that it takes Mm -hmm. i mean you knew that you could see that he was great with kids um you know great staff guy you know and and obviously a knowledgeable football coach and great on the field and you know of course he did made all the way to college pros and then now, you know, I think he always he always wanted to be the head coach at the Citadel. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I'm just really happy for him that, you know, now he's got that opportunity and he'll do a great job. He's he's a first-class person in every every aspect. Very comfortable in his skin. Yes. Yeah. Son of a minister, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lived in Ohio, lived in Canton, went to that famous high school there in Canton, mm-hmm. McKinley, McKinley. McKinley High School, walked on at the Citadel. Of course, his family was originally from Monk's Corner. Monk's Corner. Yeah, and uh, so now he's bringing them back. So we'll hear more from him and talk more with you about him coming up. we got some callers standing by. So let's go to uh, Delvin in Fountain Inn. First up tonight here on Sports Talk at the Comeback Shack in Mount Pleasant. Delvin, welcome in, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Phil? How are you doing, Coach? We're doing great. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I think this this had to be done after the Orange Bowl because this was real quick to hire the fire screen they hired Garrett Riley. I think this was done right after the Orange Bowl. It had to be. As far as him making the decision and then just waiting to now to to pull, well, obviously, and I hear what you're saying, and coach, you've been through this firing and hiring. Do you hire? Do you go ahead and know that who you're going to get first before you make the the move to relieve somebody because this happened pretty quickly, right? They announced, or it wasn't announced, but word came out, fired. A couple hours later, word came out, hired. Had to be done in the background. Yeah. Oh, I, I think he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, you know, um, you, 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 <laughs> you don't fire a guy and then say, oh, well, now i got to go find somebody. Yeah. No, you know, you've got a list of guys. Usually you have a list of guys that you know that you'd like to hire if you have to make a change i mean this wasn't just you know off the cuff yeah i mean now he may have made the decision after the orange bowl may have made it after the season you, you know you just don't know and then waited through the orange bowl but you know certainly all of this was was done ahead of time now you know when he contacted garrett you know you don't know and then obviously they're playing for a national championship. You know, you don't want to get involved in any of that or, you know, in any yeah. way disrupt that. Yeah. Um, but so, you work through back channels. Sure. You know. Sure. They made him, I don't know, maybe they share the same agent or who knows what the case yeah. may be. There's right. all kind of connections that we don't know. Uh, anybody lost on the irony, though, that, as you mentioned, Kevin Steele fired after the Orange Bowl defensive debacle. And I guess you could call this an offensive debacle, yeah. considering they only scored one touchdown. They had all those opportunities but couldn't right. knock it in the end zone. Yep. I mean, do you think one game, let's just say Clemson had won that game and the offense had put 35, 40 points on the board. 
you think one game would have changed it, or was it a season-long buildup? And he just said, "I got, I got to do this." It was a season-long buildup, but that just put the exclamation point on it in yeah. the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I mean, but you know, and in, in I've read and seen. Well, we, you know, they were better offensively. You know, made improvement. It didn't make much improvement. It was pretty much the same as it had been the year before. It wasn't, yeah. you know, there wasn't much improvement. But I think the the Orange Bowl just put the nail in the coffin. Anything else, Delvin? <coughs> See, this is a big coup. This reminds me of the Chad Morris hire. Like you said, uh, when he made a hire to bring Chad Morris out, after uh, he fired Bill Napier, after he went, kept it on staff and then went outside the program. Man, this is going to be interesting. And I think he fit uh, K. Cutting pretty well. And he probably know K. You know, being in Texas. So, and he, uh, he what he did with Matt Duggan, he can do with K. Run the ball with him and throw the ball. So, this will be big. He recruited him at both TCU and before that at SMU. So, yeah, he and Cade Klubnick have known each other for several years now. Yeah, yeah. and Klubnick's from Texas. So, And, and you know, and thank you, Dev, uh, Delvin. Yeah, appreciate the phone call. call. This, this might even be uh, bigger than Chad Morris because who knew Chad Morris in Tulsa? You know, unless yeah. you were watching the, the, the statistics and you saw this offense putting out 40-plus points a game. No, this is a this is a, a home run hire for a guy that's got a proven track record. Chad Morris had one year at Tulsa. That was it. I mean, before that, he'd been at Westlake High School in Austin, very successful. Yep. But nevertheless, you know, was. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are at the Comeback Shack here in Myrtle Beach. Phil Kornblut and Chuck Reedy here. And back at our studios in downtown Columbia, the Dave & Buster Studios, Pat Daniel. He's taking the phone calls. 888-898-2525 is the number. And, Pat, you had something to add to the story. For those just joining us, perhaps you hadn't heard, Brandon Streeter out as the OCQB coach at Clemson and Garrett Riley is in who would have thought that when you got up this morning that you'd hear those those kind of words pat yeah pretty shocking day i think for for most clemson fans out there and fans of other programs i mean just go on social media right now and do a little hashtag clemson or Dabo or brandon streeter uh, or or garrett and uh you'll see just countless countless tweets coming up seems like every channel before i came in here well any of the espn affiliates or any other sports fox sports channel whatever they were all at least mentioning it. So quite quite a big announcement. Now, this is something that I, hmm, I wanted to uh, mention the last couple days, and um, Delvin kind of touched on a little bit, and you touched on a little bit in the last segment. Going back to the national championship a few nights ago, on the field right after the game, Georgia head coach Kirby Smart made a comment, quote, when entitlement creeps in, that's when you have problems. He had been asked what it took for them to repeat as national champions and he was asked about right there on the field when he looked up at Georgia fans and did the the Michael Jordan the one finger the two finger then the three finger joking mm. about trying to go for a three-peat and then in the post-game press conference about an hour later he expanded upon that and said starting to think about the next one I do think it's going to be much tougher and I do think we're going to have to reinvent ourselves next year because you can't just stay the same and that has stuck with me now throughout the week, both of those quotes, because that completely 
goes against what we have been talking about and we've seen from Dabo Sweeney and Clemson. We keep talking about how, and Coach Reedy has, has mentioned this for months now throughout the season, it almost appears as though they've become a bit stagnant, a bit stale. It's just the same, the same kind of recycled product each year. And yes, it got you to the mountaintop twice. Nobody can ever take that away from you. And I certainly don't mean to question Dabo Sweeney. The guy, again, has gotten to the mountaintop twice, and there's only a, so many coaches in college football history that can say such things. But at the same time, we, if anybody with eyeballs can see that the last two years, they have taken a slight step backwards. Yes, they're still very, very good. Yes, they're still top 10, but it seems like they needed to make some kind of change. And this, Delvin also mentioned, this reminded him of the Chad Morris hire, and I, I can't help but agree in multiple ways. One, you mentioned Dabo Sweeney when Chad Morris left was asked what he would do with the offense that without the Chad Morris offense, and he was quick to say, no, 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 that's the Clemson offense. But it also seems fair to say that Chad Morris was the architect of what became the Clemson offense. Well, now maybe that offense has run its course. I can't help but wonder if Garrett Riley is now going to be the next architect of the next quote-unquote Clemson offense. And I don't know Garrett Riley's aspirations of becoming a head coach. Uh, Chad Morris was very upfront. He said from day one that he wanted to eventually become a head coach. So I think Clemson fans out there and Coach Sweeney knew that he kind of only had him for a certain amount of years. Turned out to be four years before he then left and became a, became a head coach. So I also would be curious about Garrett Riley if he has similar aspirations to move on after two, three, four, five, however many years. Uh, between he and his brother, he has that name. He has that Riley name, which is still red hot uh, all, across, all across the country right now. So I can't help but wonder if maybe this will be a uh, kind of a short relationship, but it may build into a long-term new Clemson offense. And I think that this does signify big change for Clemson. And you have to give credit to Dabo Sweeney for pulling the trigger on this. And then one last thing, I know I'm saying a lot here, but one last thing, you asked Coach Reedy a few minutes ago about whether he, he thought that this might open the door to being more open to the transfer portal. Maybe uh, Coach Riley's going to come in and, I don't want to say demand it, but almost kind of push to using it. And I can't help but wonder if that factors into what Kirby Smart was saying as well is, I know they haven't been big users of the transfer portal, but we have seen Georgia take players in the portal, including their quarterback. Uh, we've seen Alabama kind of fill holes as needed, and it's just a good way of staying on top, just filling, kind of plug and playing a few players here and there. Maybe you have a weakness next year coming in at linebacker or at wide receiver or whatever, and you can just go out and pluck one or two really good players because of the, the name that you carry as Clemson, as Dabo Sweeney right now. You can at least get in the door to have those conversations with transfers, and I just can't help but wonder if this now will kind of create a trickle-down effect where we'll see Dabo become more open to that as well. Mm, yeah. We're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. And the thing is, Coach, I mean, stability has been a strong point of the Dabo Sweeney era at Clemson. Stability on the coaching staff, something they sell in recruiting as part of everything else they sell. But, I mean, if Garrett Riley comes in and the offense lights it up and he's starting to get these offers to be a head coach now, I mean, that's, that's kind of a win-win situation, maybe win-lose. You win, but then you're going to lose them, and now you've got to do it again. But at least 
you're going to have it means you were successful in a big way with him for that one year yeah and going back to the the chad morris coming in you can rest assured that garrett riley has a free reign to do what he wants to do offensively to put in his offense and I mean, he wouldn't take the job you know, if, if he didn't have that, uh, you know, assurance that he could come in and do whatever, you know, what he believed in. And, and, and so you're going to see his offense come into Clemson. And, you know, surely he wants to be a head coach. And if he comes in and, and they light it up next year, it's a good chance he'll be gone after one year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got the name, you know. He, he's got the, you know, he was at TCU playing for the national championship. Comes in and Clemson does well next year. He'll probably have an opportunity to, to, to get a job next year if that's what he wants, which I'm sure he does. All right, phone number 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery Lucky Number here on Sports Talk. If you want to join us on the program, Coach Reedy is with us here for an extended period as we talk about a variety of different things. Maurice Drayton introduced today formally as the new head football coach at the Citadel. That's what brought us down here to begin with. We've got a little piece of what he had to say. He's a, he is a deep thinker. I can tell he's an emotional guy. I can tell he's a religious guy. Doesn't hide any of that. And he shared that in many of his comments today. Had a very big turnout of Citadel supporters over at Johnson Haygood Stadium up in one of their uh, suites, one of their large suites, to welcome him. And they gave him a rousing ovation. And, of course, it should not be forgotten or overlooked that this is also history for the Citadel because he's their first African-American head coach, I think, maybe in, well, I know football, basketball, maybe in any of their sports. And, you know, here in Charleston at the Citadel, that's a significant step for the program and for the university, too. So none of that's been lost on him. And, of course, um, he knows the Citadel inner workings extremely well because he's got a lot of skin in the game, having been a cadet, having come up through their system, and having been educated by them. Here is a little bit of what he had to say, a piece taken from his uh, remarks at his formal press conference. In hour number two, we will uh, listen to uh, a group interview that he did with the media separate from all this, but this is the the piece from his formal introduction press conference. It's a good little piece, I think. kind of gives you some insight into him. Uh, as a person, as a former cadet, and as now the head football coach at the Citadel. So here is Maurice Drayton from his press conference earlier this afternoon. Phil, my apologies. I have two pieces of audio for him. I have one named Gaggle and one named Presser. Which one would you like here? The Presser, please. Here we go. I'm the son of a Marine from Georgetown, South Carolina turned itinerant minister, elder in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. He's the seventh of 13 children. My mother, out of Chester, South Carolina, is the oldest girl of 10 children. My parents decided to move my brother, my sister and I from Canton, Ohio, where I played at Canton McKinley, where the Football Hall of Fame is, under the legendary Tom McDaniels, to Monk's Corner, South Carolina. My home, where I went to Berkeley High School, and we played under 
Dr. Jerry Brown. My dad moved back because there was a calling over his life. And now I'm moving my family back because there's a calling over my life. We have already started the hiring process. I know that's what you want to hear about. We've already started the recruiting process. We are recruiting players to be a part of our historic tradition. I'm able to hire coaches who are making a difference to be a part of something special. They will be a part of something special because of relationships, because of the education I received from those men I talked about earlier. Chuck Reedy, Oliver Buddy Pugh, David Bennett, Chuck Pagano, Tom McMahon, Mike McCarthy, Matt LaFleur, Daryl Franklin, Josh McDaniels, most recently. The experience I learned from each of those head coaches and chief of staffs is which I'm extremely proud of. Because of those experiences, it allowed me to hire, not including myself, a staff that has 137 years of coaching experience. And we don't have a full staff yet. These are the men that I've hired thus far. They have 15 years of coaching experience at the Citadel, 16 years of head coaching experience, 33 years of coordinator experience, 43 postseason games, and that's where we want to be. 30 conference championships. Our institution has four. 16 players in the National Football League, 23 All-Americans, 62 All-Conference players, and two Hall of Famers. We have, we as a staff, have won at all levels. And it started with love. It started with embracing change. It started with togetherness. The togetherness between coaches, players, support staff, the understanding of one another and pulling in the same direction. While meeting with the team upon my arrival, I told our guys, we will close the gap faster if you embrace our four pillars and our one rule. Be on time. Time is the greatest gift you can give. I want to thank three people who have been under my roof for 23 plus years. Thank you for allowing me to give time. Time away from home to raise other men. Time away from home to put a product on the field that you can be proud of. Thank you. The next thing we ask, no excuses. One of our pillars. Excuses are tools of the incompetent. Nobody in this room is incompetent. Use to build bridges that lead to nowhere. We're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Those who deal in excuses build monuments 
dedicated to nothing. We have monuments all over this campus, and they're dedicated to something. Therefore, our team will not deal in excuses. The third pillar is team first. No one's above the bar. There's a standard. We must strive to meet that standard. Lastly, be a man. And that encompasses all mankind. What that simply means is to have a sense of responsibility to stand on your own two feet. One rule, do the right thing. Those are our four pillars and our one rule. We have a detailed plan to win, but it takes a total commitment. It takes a total buy-in. The program is not easy, and it's not for the faint of heart. The program is designed to win, win in life, to win on and off the field, and to sustain that on a daily basis. The coaches and I, we will make decisions to help the team win. We will define expectations for our players. We will provide structure for our players and our players will meet those expectations. We will demand accountability. We will de develop focus on fundamentals and techniques, and we will be conceptual learners, teaching from a conceptual style. The players will have to define their role within that. We can only achieve this if we embrace change, if we love one another, if we communicate, and if we're committed to the well-being of the student athlete. The Citadel has been a large part of my life for nearly 30 years. It is my honor, it is my privilege to be the head coach of the Military College of South Carolina, the Citadel, the place that has helped mold me and make me the man I am today. Go dogs. No question, he won the press conference. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, he's got a plan. There was no doubt that he knows exactly what he wants to do. He's hiring the people that he wants to, to be there with him to help get it done. And, uh, you know, that. That was he had them. I'm sure he had them fired up. I wasn't there, but but I'm sure the Citadel people that were there were were excited with uh, with what they heard today. So you have been in that situation. You have been hired as a head coach at a major university at Baylor after your time at Clemson. What was what was that like for you? The introductory press conference. Now you were at a foreign place, right? Because you didn't have much contact with Baylor prior to going there. Had you? No, I had no no contact with them whatsoever. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, I was there three years with with Coach Taff, and, and obviously, you know, knew oh, that's way. right, that's right. You elevated. Yeah, you yeah, were elevated yeah. after I forgot yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you elevated after he retired. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I went there. You know, after after Coach Ford got fired, um, you tried to get the Clemson job. Well, I 
thought I had the Clemson job. Yeah. I was told I had the Clemson job, but I didn't get the Clemson <laughs> job. And so I needed a job. <laughs> so, so I. What was uh, that like? What was that period like for you? I remember being in the halls there at McFadden and Brother Oliver. Mm-hmm. He was there. His name was, you know, your name was there. Brother Oliver was mentioned a lot. Um, what was that like? Bro- well, Brother and I both interviewed for the job. They were, they wanted to interview Fisher DeBerry, and they, they couldn't, it didn't work out. We, Brother and I interviewed on Saturday. They had met with Ken Hatfield on Friday night in Memphis. We didn't know this at the time. And um, I'll tell you the whole story. You probably know this story. Go right ahead. But, um, you know, they didn't think Ken Hatfield would take the job. And, you know, I'd been at Clemson a long time. And, and anyway, long story short, um, there was a basketball game that night. And Bobby Robinson was the athletic director. And Bobby had called, you know, after the interviews, he said, you know, you stay right where you are. You know, you know we're, we're going to call Ken Hatfield. We don't think he'll take the job. And we're going to, you know, you're going to be the coach. You're going to be the head coach. Well, stop right there. Yeah. So they told you. You were the fallback. Well, yeah. Because they it, wanted it, Ken. Apparently, they wanted it, Ken Hatfield. I, I don't think they wanted Ken Hatfield. I think it was one of those situations where we, we're going to we're going to offer the job to Ken Hatfield. He's not going to take it. We're going to offer the job to Fisher DeBerry. He's not going to take it. And okay, and then we can hire Chuck Reed or Bill Oliver. Yeah. As it turned out, I you know yeah. I think it was going to be me. Yeah. Um. You know, and and that and I think that was their mindset. And when they they came back from the the basketball game, Bobby Robinson, Dwight Rainey, and you know they you know we're going to call Ken Hatfield and then we'll call Chuck and offer him the job. Mm-hmm. Well, when they got Hatfield on the phone, he was he was having problems with Broyles. Mm-hmm. wasn't He'd never set he took the job without ever being in Clemson. Yeah, and uh, that thing went on all night. Um, you know, and I don't, he didn't accept the job until sometime, you know, three or four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I was called about six o'clock and said, you know, Ken Hatfield took the job. Mm. So not only am I not the head coach, I'm not any, <laughs> I'm without a job. <laughs> so anyway. Boy, that's, that had to be the swing of emotions for you. Oh, yeah. Must have just been incredible. Yeah, you mean, went from the highest of highs to yeah, the lowest of lows. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we, we thought that we were going to get the job, but we didn't. Yeah. I mean, you know, God had another plan. What you know? What can you say? Sure, sure. <laughs> wow, that's interesting stuff. Um, as a new head coach, of course. Now you were at a, so you replaced. So you kind of just transitioned and kept it going at Baylor. But I mean, what do you think in Maurice's case? He knows the Citadel, but he is starting brand new, first time head coach, taking over a a, a down program. And what do you think, besides getting that staff together and, and trying to get organized, what are some of the most important things he has to do in his first couple of weeks? Well, first of all, let me, let, the, the, the emotion that you have because, you know, this has been his, his dream job, I think. Mm-hmm. 
my dream was to be a head football coach at a major college. And, and so, you know, it, at first you're just <laughs> you're trying to absorb it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then, you know, you know you've got a plan. You've, you've had a plan of what you want to do, you know, and now it's time to implement that plan. And, you know, of course, recruiting. I mean, you, the first thing you got to do, you know, you've got to get out and, and try to find players because you don't want to have a, you know, a whole year that's wasted. Now, I got the job in the end of November, so we had a full recruiting uh, period. He doesn't have that luxury, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, get your staff in place and, um, you know, and get on the road recruiting. But also make sure you take care of those guys that are that are there. You know, now I, I, I was there because I was with those guys, so that wasn't a transition for me at Baylor. But for him, he's coming in. He doesn't know those guys. Mm-hmm. He hasn't. He didn't help recruit them. He didn't coach them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you got to make sure that you take care of the guys that are that are there, and then staff and recruiting. Kind of a fresh start for those guys. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So, I'll put you on the spot mm-hmm. here. He would not divulge what he's going to do offensively. He said, "Come out to spring practice. You can see." You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But knowing him as you do, kind of knowing his his background. His upbringing in football, um, of course, with you, I mean, it was Brown Chuck. We get that. <laughs> what, what, what do you think he'll do as with his offense over there? Well, you know, and of course, he's you know, having been in the pros now for several years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, I'm sure that he has a different perspective, um, you know, of, of what he wants to do. Prior to that, you know, everybody that he worked with basically was a run-oriented coach mm-hmm. whether it be me or david bennett or um you know jerry brown whatever the case and so you know i, I don't know i don't know what if his philosophy has changed you know you you know that you know the citadel west point navy you know the, the option has been been what they've been when yeah. they've had success good that's what it's been yeah now you know whether he'll stay on that track or you know it's very difficult to recruit a lot of skilled athletes at the Citadel. And that's why they, when they have been good, it's been running the option. Yeah. And so, you know. But you know going in that it's a limited num- – uh, the pool is limited not only right. from the style of football but from the style of school. There's only X number right. of pl- guys who want to go and be part of all that. We'll pick that up, and on the other side, we'll hear hear more from Maurice Drayton, uh, more comments from Coach Reedy, uh, also comments from uh, Brad Brownell after Clemson. They are 6-0 in the ACC, first time ever. Back after the break. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, we're back. It's been an incredible hour of Sports Talk thus far, only to be topped by the hour that is ahead. We're at the Comeback Shack here in Mount Pleasant. This place is awesome. 
And business is great, Coach. I mean, people just being – I mean, maybe sports talk is well, bringing them in. I heard that maybe they, should, they heard you were going to be here, and that's that's think, why we're so busy tonight. I think you should start a huge ad campaign <laughs> on sports talk here. You know what I mean? But, no, great flow of people yeah. coming through. You're open till what time? 8 o'clock here. 8 o'clock. Yeah, we're open later in the North Charleston. Because you got the school right there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's just hard to get employees. Believe True it or that. not, we're still fighting that uh, that battle. So we'd like to be open till nine, but we're just not staffed to the point we can do that yet. Well, the big news of the day, of course, coming out of Clemson, Brandon Streeter out as the offensive coordinator, reportedly to be replaced by uh, I was going to say Lincoln. That'd be really big, uh, Garrett <laughs> Riley, uh, Garrett Riley, who kind of looks like his brother, uh, and he's a guy that has uh, come up kind of under his brother's wings. He was at Oklahoma. He was there with Shane Beamer. So this will be interesting. You know, this will make for strange bedfellows. He's going to be running the Clemson offense, and Beamer is going to be running the program at South Carolina. So, you know, Oklahoma influence, uh, Lincoln Riley influence there both ways. But Garrett Riley reportedly, oh, he was never at Oklahoma. Go yes, ahead, Pat. Sorry. Tell me. Yeah, he, was, uh, he never actually was along, was with his brother there. They were originally at East Carolina together, but then uh, Garrett Riley went to Kansas. And then he was at Appalachian State, and that's where his name really started to kind of catch fire. He and Coach Dykes then met up together at SMU. And so they were a pair at SMU and then came together as basically a package deal to TCU last year. But he was not yeah, actually yeah, yeah. ever S- at that, Oklahoma. All right, thank you. Yeah, that's where I got it confused. I, I forgot the SMU stop. I was thinking he was at Oklahoma. Whatever the case may be, there's a connection with Lincoln Riley and the blood there and the knowledge and the interaction. So – uh, that will be interesting. And you know, there were people who wanted Beamer to go hire Lincoln Riley when Marcus Satterfield left, you know, and uh, he had that opportunity. And, and you're kind of shaking your head a little bit. Well, it, <laughs> I mean, you, you, you look at it, and, and, and I don't know the guy that South Carolina hired as their offense coordinator. Uh, Dowell Loggins. I, 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 I don't, don't know him. Know him. Yeah. I don't know him. Mm-hmm. And, and he may be a – Wonderful, great coach. Brilliant. I don't know yeah, that. Maybe a brilliant but, coach. you know, I mean, Clemson goes out and makes a, a home run hire. There's, you know, there's no doubt. In South Carolina, you know, they go hire a guy who's coaching the tight ends at Arkansas. I mean, that just says a lot about the two programs to me. I mean, it, it you know, Clemson said, hey, we're going to go. We don't, we're going to get the best guy out there. What do you think they're paying? Oh, I'm guessing two and a half. Maybe I don't think that I don't think three, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if it took three to get him, Clemson would pay it, and and that's the difference, you know. And and you know, I mean, I just don't I don't understand that, but that's the way it is. That's why you're here. That's what well, we're here to hear. <laughs> we're here to hear, and that's good. That's good to hear what you have to say about that. South Carolina women uh, playing Kentucky tonight. And Who cares? <laughs> oh, don't you say that. Don't you say that. I did not say that. He said that. No. 14 to 10, a lot of people care. About I know South they Carolina do, women. but but when the, you know, they care a heck of a lot more. About the offensive about, coordinator. Yeah. Right? I know. Okay. But still, 14 to 10, okay. the USC women out. I'm Boston. Sorry. Boston's got eight of the uh, 14 points with the Gamecocks thus far. Um Rattler is coming back to South Carolina. wonder what it's taking to uh, keep him in Columbia because from what I've read, it was strictly an 
NIL situation, um, you think maybe, again, we're, we're talking off the cuff here. I mean, we're yeah. t- are we talking a couple of million here to keep him in Columbia? Well, I mean, what I heard was he wanted $5 million. Now, I don't know if he got five that million to stay. Woo! Now, whether he got that or not, I have no idea. Um, you know, but if, if what you hear that these high school guys are getting – you know, five million would be a bargain, mm-hmm. but now you don't know how much of this you can believe, and how much of, of this is the agents putting that stuff out there, correct, to jack the jack the price because up. Because he has an agent; his agent is Steinberg. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, the group. His it's Steinberg's son, I think, is the guy who works, you know, maybe closely with him. But right. Steinberg, what's his first name? Lee, Lee Steinberg. Yeah, yeah, that's the. I think that's the. Pretty sure that's the okay. group that represents them. <laughs> well. Everybody's got it. All the high school guys now have agents. I mean, it's it's crazy, but that they do. I mean, they literally have agents that are negotiating the NIL deals. I think, and I've come around on this. You know, obviously, when this all started happening, I was a hundred percent against this. I guess I'm still. I was a hundred percent against it, and I wouldn't accept it. Now I'm still against it, but I've kind of accepted it. You know, it's the way of the world. It's either Get on the train and ride with it or get run over right. in my business. So I've elected to get on the train. I don't have to like it, but I accept it, you know. And I think what's going to have to happen is the schools are going to have to start paying. And I don't know how the NCAA can stop it because the NCAA can't stop anything because the Supreme Court has said the guys have to be compensated. So now, right now, and I think this is kind of embarrassing if you ask me. But like last night, I'm at Clemson for the basketball game. Graham Neff, their AD, comes on the screen, video. And I've seen Ray Tanner and other ADs. I'm not picking on these guys. The other asking for money. Mm-hmm. I mean, panhandling the crowd. Right. As if they don't already pay the tickets and pay for IPTE and pay for parking and pay for concessions and da-da-da-da-da. Now it's this is a new era. It's a new day. And if we're going to be competitive – we got to have you give money to this collective. Da, 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 da. So how is it that the schools are able to have their fans pay the salaries of the players and they not pay the salaries? To me, it's the equivalent of IBM asking the stockholders to pay the employees instead of IBM paying the employees. You're asking somebody else to go in their pockets and pay. They get... Like, South Carolina is going to be pulling in $100 million a year soon from the SEC TV deals. And Clemson's going to be in the $50, $60 million, depending on what the ACC does and whatever they, can, whatever they can do. They've got the money. Well, but once you start paying football players, you're going to have to pay the, basketball, the, the, the women's tennis team, too. But you've got to take this out of the hands of the fans. You can't let Chuck Reedy, who owns a gazillion restaurants – go and pay the quarterback of, uh, you know, Choso U, I say Choso, whatever, yeah. you know, Atlantic U, uh, you start paying, you, you, Chuck Reedy, okay, so you're paying the guy $3 million, and then, like, okay, hey, you know, my, uh, my children, we're having a birthday party, I'd like you to come to the birthday party. Well, Coach, I can't make, oh, I think you can, you know. <laughs> my point is, when you take money from somebody like that, they own you. Do they not own you? Well, 
If they, there's no, and there's no they, contracts they, here, right? They, well, well, maybe there are some I, contracts. I think there are, and and but that's where the collectives come in. I mean, there there certainly is not supposed to be an individual. You but know, you but have individuals I, I, who aren't I, doing it. I know that. Well, it, they have companies, and they're hiring these guys to do promotions or whatever the case may be for them, and that's how they're paying them. But, you know, again, it's totally out of control. We, we know that. I don't know what the solution is. NCAA do, isn't going to do anything. I mean, they're useless. Why should, why should they? No. And why should the schools, the schools say, look, we can't pay them because the NCAA says we can't, to which I say BS because I want to see the NCAA, let's just say Miami. That's a good one to use. Right. Let's just say Miami says we're going to start paying our players ourselves. Stop us. Yeah. And let me see the NCAA come in and say, you can't do it. And they say, uh, you want to read the Supreme Court ruling? Yeah. We can pay. They didn't say how the players were to be compensated. They didn't right. say you got to do it through a collective. They just said they have, a, have, to, they have to be compensated for their name, image, and likeness. They didn't say how. Right. The NCAA has said, when this all happened, they said, okay, schools, you can't do it. So this created this whole new industry of collectives. Where they came up with that name sounds like communism. Where they came up with that name and how it all got started, somebody out there did. And it's taken the burden off the schools who now can hide behind the NCAA and say, no, we can't do that. Um, but, yes, you can, and, yes, you should. And the thing that I don't like the most is that you got people out there who can certainly influence players where they go, how long they stay, how they play. Who knows? If a guy throws a game, uh, you don't think that's going to be part of the equation here somewhere down the road? We're already seeing a problem not like that, but we're seeing a problem at Florida yep. with this uh, this quarterback. Rashada. This quarterback, apparently, you know, the, quote, NIL deal has fallen through. Now, he didn't – he hadn't shown up for class. Um, there's been reports of $13 million being involved. Maybe that's a bit high, but probably some truth in there somewhere. There's some amount in there involved. So, I mean – this is just the uh, this is just the tip of the old iceberg when it comes to this kind of stuff. Oh, there's no doubt. And now, what I did hear today about about that guy mm-hmm. is that the the prob- one of the problems was his agent was taking three hundred thousand, and instead of the collective paying it, it was coming out of his money. And so that's where they've run into a little bit of a a problem. And so they're probably waiting on the collective to pay that three hundred thousand to the agent. So they can get this straightened out. See, this is what I mean. Yeah. Oh, it's, this is it, what I it's mean. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. But, um, well, uh, it, it's, you know, I, I don't, it's totally out of control. I don't know how, I don't know how any of them are going to uh, reel it in. I really don't. All right. Our phone number, 888 uh, We came to Charleston uh, today for the introduction of Maurice Drayton as a new football coach at the Citadel. And we'll, we'll bring you, we, we played a snippet from his, uh, his press conference, which was very impressive. His words were very impressive. And then we have a, a little gaggle with the media that we'll play. That gives you, the gaggle gives you a little more insight and information about what he's thinking about the team and, and how to rebuild things at the Citadel. We'll bring that to you. We've got recruiting coming up as well. Uh, and some comments from Clemson basketball coach Brad Brownell. Now, you were at Clemson a long time. Yeah. How tough is it on, on basketball coaches at Clemson? Uh, it's, 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 a tough, it's a tough job, just like football coach at North Carolina. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the equivalent. Yeah. That's the flip. I mean, it, it's, it's a tough job. Yeah. You know, when I was there with, uh, with, 
Bill Foster. I was there with Cliff Ellis. Cliff Ellis did a, you know did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did about as good as not as good as you can do um, because uh, Rick Barnes probably did about as did as good as you can do. Sure, <clears throat> but um, no, it's it's you know it, it's a tough job. Clemson six and zero in the ACC for the first time ever, and they were impressive last night. They 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 they've been among the best shooting teams in the country. They shot over fifty percent again last night. The game turned into a foulathon in the second half. There were forty one fouls in the game, thirty in the second half, and not just at the end when you're trying to stop the clock. We're just right. a lot of ticky tack fouls were called apparently according to the players. I you know, uh, but they made their free throws and. They share the ball. They've got an older – here's the thing. They've got an older team, guys who have been together now a couple, three years. That makes a difference. Well, it, it, you remember a few years ago when North Carolina, I think, won the national championship with a veteran squad. Mm-hmm. That, uh, not one-and-doneers. You know, very few of those one-and-done teams win yeah. championships. Yeah. And, uh, no, and so they've got a lot going for them. And also, you know, Duke and North Carolina obviously are, are not as good as they have been this year, too. So they're, they're you know, they're good at, a good at a good time to have a good run. Listen, you take advantage of every opportunity that you can get your, get your hands on. So, okay, let's uh, go to our break, and when we come back, we'll give you the recruiting report for tonight. And then we'll also hear from um, more from Maurice Drayton uh, and Brad Brownell. And we can take your phone calls now, too. For those of you just joining us from elsewhere, we welcome you in. Uh, Coach Reedy is here, and he's answering phone calls as well. Phone number 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number here on Sports Talk. And we'll be back in a moment. Thank you. Thank you for world-traveling rocket scientists. For tires bigger than your grandma's house. For 3D printing research. For artists in residency. Thank you for all the things that take us to the next level. Thank you for playing the lottery. For funding scholarships. For funding grants. For funding innovation in this state. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR Major. It's always a good time for folks to remember to get those licenses renewed. Doesn't matter what time of the year, it's always a season in, whether it's fishing or hunting. Make sure to check your licenses, make sure they're up to date. If you need a hunting or fishing license, 
You may go to www.dnr.sc.gov to purchase your license online or to any local licensed vendor in your local area. And don't forget to join us for SC Wild from DNR with Major Billy Downer on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Show your team pride wherever you go with Founders Federal Credit Union's Collegiate Debit Cards. Get your University of South Carolina and Clemson University debit cards at any Founders office or by calling 1-800-845-1614. Plus, our debit cards are digital wallet ready, so you can pay however you please. Not a member? Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. I dedicate tonight's recruiting report to one of the all-time great recruiters of his era, Chuck Reedy. Did you ever uh, listen to my recruiting reports uh, oh, yeah. when you were around? Man, uh, religiously, I mean, <laughs> you, know, what, you know, whatever you said, I mean, we were on it. Oh, yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, our recruiting report is brought to you by Seawells. You know what tomorrow is at Seawells. Now, that's, they're not a competition because you're here, they're there in Columbia. It's Roast Beef Friday. Oh. At Seawells. I'm inviting you to come down for Roast Beef Friday. Oh, their roast beef is tremendous. Big old well, slab of roast beef. They I'm carve sure it right it, in I'm front sure, of I'm you. I'm sure it is. Juicy. So tomorrow's Roast Beef Friday. It's, it's what I look forward to every week. <laughs> and there's chicken. Uh, so they give you lots of uh, to chew, uh, vegetables, uh, banana pudding, uh Tea. Yeah, no, I've, it's great. I've, I've been there for you, the You're, you're a Seawells yeah, guy. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, of course, for <laughs> the very best in the catering business, uh, Seawells. We recommend them highly. Their phone number, 803-771-7385. And online, SeawellsCateringSC.com. So, wide receiver Brace Staley. He's a speedster out of Aiken, 6'1", 175. And... Uh, he landed another major offer last night when he got the call from Clemson receivers coach Tyler Grisham with the news. He's been holding offers from, well, he got one from Alabama today. He also has North Carolina, NC State, Georgia Tech, Duke, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, West Virginia, Boston College, Coastal Carolina, Miami, among others. And he'd been, he's been communicating with Grisham for a while. They talk on a daily basis. Uh, he came and watched him at track practice. They have FaceTimed, so speed is the big part of Staley's game, but they also like his body control, he said. He can high point the balls, so uh, they watched a lot of film on him. They love the way he plays, Clemson is, he said. So now he has Clemson, North Carolina, Wake Forest as his top three in no order. USC receivers coach Justin Stepp has been talking with Staley, but has not gotten to the point of making an offer yet, but he's told him, wait on me, don't give up on me. Um, they're going to come recruit him, etc." cetera. Uh, he said they text a lot as well. He feels good about them. So he said they're, they are one he'll wait on patiently. This weekend he'll visit Georgia Tech. Next Saturday he plans to visit Wake Forest. January 23rd he's going to Virginia Tech. During the season he took in games at Clemson, North Carolina, and Appalachian State. Reminder, tomorrow, one of Clemson's big 2024 targets, tied in Christian Bentoncourt, 
Bentoncourt. Bentoncourt out of um, Illinois. You're you're not. You know him. You're 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 no, nodding your I'm, head. I'm, I'm just familiar with the name. You got to pull that the, microphone up there for you. There, familiar man. with the name <laughs> and that uh, I knew he was going to make. Yeah, make the feeling is Clemson. A lot of folks yeah. are, are, what are they calling it, uh, predicting him or crystal balling him right. or whatever. Uh, uh, Paul Strelo from Tiger Illustrated had one of his uh, projections to Clemson. So looks like it's going to be Clemson. Uh, nice pickup for the Tigers there at tight end when he announces tomorrow at 1.30. Cornerback Emmanuel Brown of Georgia Military and Brooklyn Casey plans to visit USC on the 21st. He's a May graduate with three years to play. So – I'm wondering if um, they're making a quick move on him and getting him in for this next season since he'll graduate in May. USC apparently has interest in uh, Memphis transfer wide receiver Eddie Lewis. His name entered the portal on Wednesday, and several USC coaches, including receivers coach Justin Stepp, are now following him. That's just an indication that something might be brewing. USC offered cornerback Kai Sanders of Oradell, New Jersey, 6'1", 175, and linebacker Peyton Pierce, 6'2", 240, of Lucas, Texas. You know Lucas, Texas? I don't know Lucas, Texas. Don't know Lucas, Texas? <laughs> nope. Greenville wide receiver Mazio Bennett will visit Alabama this weekend, and he has Florida State on the 28th, has not committed to a visit yet on the 21st. Wide receiver Sincere Brown of USF and First Baptist. You know him? Is transferring? I'm familiar with him. He's a big, tall guy. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised if they liked him. You know, one of his coaches at USF, Trickett, is now at Coastal Carolina. I think he was hired as the OC at Coastal Carolina or one of the offensive coaches at Coastal Carolina. You could, might see him end up there. And West Florence safety Kelvin Hunter was offered by Michigan Northwestern running back Turbo Richard was offered by Liberty. There you go. Unless you got some other recruiting no, news. No, I don't have any. You know, nothing? <laughs> nope. No. Who was the – and recruiting brought to you by Seawells. Who was the last person you recruited in your college career? Uh, oh, my college – well, at Clemson it was Rudy Harris. He was your last. Yeah, uh, that was the last out one. Out of New Jersey. Yeah, no, out of Massachusetts. Massachusetts, yeah. yeah. Brockton. Yeah, from Brockton. Big old fullback, running yeah, back type. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, she, Baylor. I, you know, I don't remember. <laughs> I was, Odell James would have been one, and the one that we were going to get before I got fired was Michael Bishop, the quarterback. Oh, that, really? Uh, yeah, that you, went, went to Kansas, Kansas State. State. Yeah, you yeah. were getting him. Uh, we had him committed, and uh, yeah. I might have I might have made it a while if, <laughs> if they'd let me stay around and coach him. History might have been changed. Yeah. He was a special player. Oh yeah, yeah. But now, he, James was a special player. Yeah, Odell. He just he got a knee injury and just never was quite the same. But uh, now Michael Bishop played at Blinn Junior College uh, for Willie Fritz. Oh, Willie Fritz was the head coach uh, at at Blinn. Uh, coach Michael Bishop, and then of course he went to Sam Houston. And then the Georgia Southern and Tulane. Tulane. Yep. How about the job he did? He's fantastic. Yeah. Heck, of, heck of a coach. What do you like about him? Well, what's not to like? The guy's won everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a class guy. You know, he's just a, a, a wonderful Christian person, man. And, um, you know, like I said, he isn't and, like he's always had the best jobs now. Correct. But wherever he's been, you know, he's won. Now, he's in his early 60s. Probably not, you know, probably not going to get another. Was this a 
just one of those years at Tulane, or does he have something established where they're going to be successful in their league? Well, they won two last year, you know, so, but, you know, uh, based on his track record, I mean, the guy's won everywhere he's been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you have to think that, you know, that, He'll keep that going. he's got a good program going. All right, after the break, we will continue from here at the Comeback Shack in Mount Pleasant. We'll have more from Maurice Drayton from today over at the Citadel. Brad Brownell comments coming up as well. We'll be back in just a moment. A few comments on our stream tonight. Thanks to Eddie, who says, great audience tonight. I think he's talking about you, Coach. So, (laughs) thank you, Eddie. Howard says, Riley isn't stupid. He knows, just like everyone else, the easiest path to the national championship runs through the ACC. Well, he made it through the Big 12. (laughs) He just ran into Georgia. By the way, did I hear today that Georgia granted permission for somebody to interview from the NFL to interview – um, what's his face? Kirby. Kirby. Did I hear that, Pat? Did I read that? Did I hear that somewhere? I thought I did. Ooh, first time uh, hearing. This is I'll, from, I'll try to find that. Yeah, look that up. Maybe maybe I misheard. I was listening to the – I should mention that I, while I was here in Charleston, of course, when I'm here in Charleston, I listened to the Big Kahuna on our affiliate here in town. I think it's, it's WTMZ-FM 98.9. And terrific <laughs> listening to the Big Kahuna and his cohorts and uh, carrying on you know, as only he can. Uh, and, and I think it was there that I heard somebody mention something about that. This is from a Charge Ron. Maybe it's Charger Ron. Not only does the Riley hire make an immediate impact on the offense, think about the recruiting potential he brings with him. Uh, Howard says, Riley also knows that Clemson is easier to recruit players to than TCU. I don't know. Out there in Texas, right, they do, they do pretty well out there. Yeah, and there's just so many players in the state of Texas. Right. But um, <clears throat> but Clemson Clemson is, is a national, and they've proven that. They can go nationwide. I don't – TCU doesn't have that kind of rec- reputation. Yeah, the question is going to be, you got your two quarterbacks. You got um, the starter, you know, coming back from last year. He's, he's certainly the starter after taking the job in the championship game and starting the, uh, the Orange Bowl. Uh, and then you've got the, the – Highly touted freshman coming in and how he works with them and how he can mold them into the image that he wants them to be. Now, with Max Duggan, I mean, Duggan was uh, as much a runner as he was a thrower, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he did a lot with his feet. And, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that he was a real fast guy either. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he was, he was, a, he was a tough guy. I mean, he, he didn't mind running and running in traffic. Mm-hmm. Yep. He ran in some traffic against Georgia. <laughs> yes, Holy <yeah>. cow. Incredible. <laughs> um, okay, so we were here in Charleston today for the um, introduction Welcome. of uh, the new Citadel head football coach, Maurice Drayton. We played a little bit from the formal press conference. Here is uh, a Q&A with Coach Drayton. We went up to the fifth floor over the suites there at Johnson Haygood Stadium, uh, and this was a, a gaggle of the media, many of the media who were there, TV, uh, newspaper, yours truly. So here he is answering questions uh, from us. I think we picked this up with him talking about, you know, 
yeah, the transfer portal is there, but that's not really the way that you, you build a stable program. You want to recruit, get high schoolers, and have them be in your program for an extended period. Here he is talking about that, and we go from there. Well, we want to build a program. Uh, I think a lot of people nowadays use the portal to build a season, but the portal is necessary to bridge the gap where you have deficiencies in recruiting. So we will utilize it some, but we want to build a program. When, when you speak to recruits on the phone now, are they more in tune with, I was in a locker room with Aaron Rodgers, or are they more in tune with, I, I was in this locker room as a player? It, it depends on the recruit. Uh, we're, we're touching a, a wide gamut uh, of, of young men. Um, some men, uh, th their interest levels lie there. Others, not so much. Uh, we're casting a net that's bigger, farther, wider. But at the same time, we have to win home. We have to win our home state at the FCS level. One thing the transfer portal has done is high school seniors are not getting the offers they might normally get. Can that work to your advantage? Absolutely, it can work to our advantage. Uh, as the staff and I was viewing film last night, uh, we were please, pleasantly surprised at some of the young men who are still available and open to becoming a cadet, open to taking the road less traveled. And those are the kind of uh, men that I think can make a difference. How much have you had to re-recruit your own team right now? Uh, not much. Now, there will be some attrition with the team. Uh, like I said upstairs, uh, the program we have in place is, is tough. It's not for the faint of heart. And you have to truly love football, and you have to truly be committed to being the best you can be every single day. There is a standard, and we will hold our men to that standard. Have you spent much time contemplating the historical significance of your hire here at the Citadel? Absolutely, I have. Um, I spoke with Norman Seabrook today. Uh, he wanted to be in attendance. Um, for those who may not know, he's the first African-American athlete on our campus. Um, and he had a few words for me that I'll keep to myself. Um, words of encouragement, advice. Um, and it means a lot to the community. It really does. Coach, what's your top priority now that you're on campus? Is it filling out your staff or, or talking to the kids? Or what, what's, the, what's the main thing you want to get done right now? It's absolutely about our current roster, our kids, loving those kids and adding to the roster. That is our main priority. That's our main focus. Uh, we have our program broken down into phases. We are in phase one right now. Uh, we have 20 days left in phase one. And uh, we're excited to stay after it and get after these young men of the guys uh, from your first team meeting? Eager, energetic, there's a want to, and where there's a want to, we're going to create a way. It's our responsibility as coaches to create a way. Who are some of the more prominent NFL people that you might have in your phone text there that congratulated you on this? You could <laughs> pick. <laughs> uh, I turned my phone off, but you could pick. It's yeah. been nonstop. But I, I don't necessarily want to call their names. Yeah, but. Do you plan to run this program under a NFL model or under a collegiate model? Well, we're a college. So we have to run it under a college model, but it's with all of my experiences combined, which is NFL, which is college, and high school. 
I believe the high school coach is the best at adapting to situations, the best at uh, running offenses to kids that he currently has because that changes on a daily basis. The high school coach, to me, is where it starts. That's why I mentioned Tom McDaniels from Canton McKinley, who's very important and influential in my life. That's why I mentioned Dr. Jerry Brown. Maurice, you talked about sitting in the office where Higgins coached and Taft coached and uh, Ellis Johnson. What was that like for you uh, to sit in that chair and look around and, and uh, feel those feelings? It really was, uh, it was a surreal moment. Uh, I literally just sat there uh, and didn't do any work, believe it or not, <laughs> and went through the progression from Charlie, ha Charlie Taft excuse me, all the way to, uh, to Mike. And uh, it, uh, uh, the emotions ran, but I believe that each and every one of them are with me. The lessons I learned from them will be utilized. Um, so I'm glad I had the opportunity to just sit there and reflect. Was there any hard feelings towards the Citadel when Brent got the job over you a couple of years ago? And did you have to get over those feelings at all? Absolutely not. I, I wouldn't say hard feelings. Um, you know, sometimes it is tough loving a place that sometimes doesn't love you back. And that's okay. Um, if, I, if I give you my knee-jerk reaction, I felt like I was punched in the stomach at a Thanksgiving meal by a family member. But guess what? We still love the family member. Brothers tussle, brothers fight, but we come together and we find a way to win. I never stopped supporting the Citadel. Financially and out front, emotionally and for the, our young men. Sounds like a win to me. Now, look, the emotions will eventually wear off. The hard work begins. He'll be judged not by his press conference. He'll be judged by what he does on the sidelines. Yep, and it's a tough job. And uh, But, you know, he, he's got a lot going for him. He really does. Uh, being a Citadel guy does make a difference, I think, there. And, uh, you know, and also being from this area. Um, you know, so it, it'll be interesting to see what he does, but I think he'll do a good job. If you had one piece of advice for him, what would it be? Be yourself. You know, be yourself. You know, the, 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 too many times you see guys that, um, you know, that try to be like somebody else instead of just, you know, being who you are. And, uh, you know, if he does that, you know, he'll be successful. Let me read this statement that Dabo Sweeney put out uh, this afternoon. I'm just now getting a chance to catch up on some email because I've obviously been tied up and traveling. But here's what he said about the change. Quote, I'm incredibly appreciative of Brandon for all he accomplished at Clemson in his 15 years as a player, graduate assistant, position coach, and offensive coordinator. I am thankful for Brandon and love him and his family. He has always represented Clemson University with great pride, and I know he will continue to do great things. As a leader of this program, I am accountable for our staff and accountable for our results. And though we took a step forward offensively in 2022, after evaluating our offense in depth, I felt it was in the best interest of our program to seek new leadership at the position. These decisions are never easy, but it is my job to evaluate and assess every part of our program every year. And this was just the right time to make a change. I look forward to bringing in a dynamic, proven leader at offensive coordinator 
with the specific purpose of meeting and raising the standard of excellence that has been established at Clemson. I passionately believe in our staff and the young men in our program and am excited about the opportunity to see them grow even more in 2023, end quote. Yeah, I mean, I, you have to admire Debo. I mean, uh, you know, he's he's made the tough calls before, and, you know, this was hard hard for him to do because I think in a lot of ways it was he was having to admit that, that you know, that he needed to make a change and he was reluctant to do it. But, um, you know, it's the right thing to do, and, you know, I think he hit a home run on this one. And staying inside the Clemson lineage there and not looking outside and people saying, you know, like you said, things have grown stale yeah. maybe. you got the same people doing the same thing they've always done over and over again. Yeah. Maybe you need a fresh set of eyes and fresh set of, of ideas there. So, um, and now, of course, it's going to be Garrett Riley uh, coming in to do it, and that's certainly like – you said that's a home run hire that shook up the entire college football universe today when that word got out. Yep, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's one of the hottest guys out there. And uh, for Clemson to be able to go get him and pay him whatever they had to pay, yeah, that'll come out. But I'm sure it was. I'm sure he's got a nice contract. Um, and, and like we said, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a hot guy. And, uh, you know, it's a matter of how long he's going to be at Clemson probably be the next question. Well, look, it, it hasn't hurt Saban to have turnover no. at coordinator. No, you know. you know, if the guy come in and, 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 and get you in the playoff next year and he gets a, hit, a job, so, mm -hmm. so be it. I mean, that's great. I mean, if, 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 you're, you know, if your guys are doing a great job coaching and, and moving on to better jobs, you know, that, that means you're, you're successful. But he has now – well, he set the precedent when he ha hired Chad Morris of going outside and hiring yeah. a big name. Got away from that. Now he's gone back and do it. And I guess the next time, you know, I, instead of, uh, instead of um, uh, promoting from within, you go hire the next yeah. hot name out there. Well, now, you know, when Chad Morris came in, he told Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott, you learn this offense. Because he knew Chad Morris wasn't going to be there long. Mm -hmm. But he said, you learn everything about this offense. And so when Chad left, he did elevate them. Now, whether he will do that, you know, with Grisham and the guys that are on the staff, um, you know, remains to be seen. But, um, you, know, they're, uh, you know, they just don't have much experience on the staff. John Blau from the Post and Courier writing here on Streeter's buyout. He's owed 100% of future earnings if terminated before the end of his contract. Though there is mitigation, if he earns money in another full-time position, his three-year deal, 925 per year through 2025. So so he was making 925. you got to believe this guy's going to be double, if not yeah. uh, oh, know, I triple think so. yep. of that. All right, we got to go to the break. Uh, we'll come back and bring you another hot coach, uh, Brad Brownell. My goodness, there were people ready to run him out of town last year, uh, and now he's the toast of the ACC because uh, the Clemson basketball team sits atop the ACC standings. Never before have you heard these words, Clemson is 6-0 and in the ACC because it's never happened before, but it's happened now. They'll try to go to 7-0 Saturday against Duke. We'll hear from the coach after the break. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. 
But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. USC women leading at Kentucky at the half, 37-33. Cook with 16 and Boston with 12. The Gamecocks are shooting 57% from the floor. Some other basketball. Clemson women trailing at Duke, 29-26 at halftime. Old Dominion with Chris Bergen on the call for Coastal Carolina. ODU leading the shots 24-22 late in the first half. Michigan leads Iowa at halftime, 43-40. Last night, Clemson playing really good basketball. Fell behind early, didn't panic, caught up, put a big run on um, put a big run on last night in the first half to take the control of the game with Louisville led pretty comfortably the rest of the way uh, and they win over Louisville to go to 6 and 0 in the ACC for the first time ever. Here's some of what Brad Brownell said to the media afterwards. Give Louisville a lot of credit. I thought they, their kids played uh, hard and well tonight um you know they they threw the first punch in the game and uh you know just executed very well uh we had good practices uh leading into this game our kids were really ready and uh you know they're they're very athletic um they're big they're strong and um they were hard for us to guard at, at various times in the in the game obviously we got in a little bit of foul trouble in the second half um Hunter was terrific. Uh, I thought our bench in the first half was really good. Uh, really gave us some juice when we, we started off a little bit slow and, uh, you know, built us a lead. And most of it was, was some of the defense that our younger kids played. So that was good. Then our older guys settled down. I thought we did a nice job and, and really executed offensively very well, probably the last 30 minutes of the game. And, uh, you know, I don't like the way the game ended defensively, but offensively, High level, so good win. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's just playing with a lot of confidence, right? And uh, I, I think our team does a nice job of, you know, 
figuring out how we're being played and trying to play accordingly. Um, you know, they, they doubled some ball screens. They doubled some handoffs. I thought we spit it out. Um, you know, the first few minutes of the game, it probably, I don't say it surprised us because we talked about it. It could happen. Um, but sometimes when that happens in a game, Chase turned one over. Um, you, you need to see it a couple times before you really handle it. And the longer it went, we really handled it well. Um, but he's, you know, he's just playing with confidence, right? He's shooting balls in. He's attacking the basket, rebounding. Um, in huddles, his voice is the loudest, right? I mean, he's just a mature player. I mean, it's a privilege to coach young people like that because um, he's really not a young I mean, he's a grown-up. I mean, he's a man, and uh, he acts like it in how he plays. He acts like it in how he practices. He acts like it in how he approaches practice. You know, I talked to you guys about how he comes in, gets a cup of coffee, you know, in the summer, is here an hour, hour and 15 minutes before he lifts weights and just sits down, makes his oatmeal, eats oatmeal, drinks his cup of coffee like a grown-up, then goes in and changes, you know, and gets himself warmed up and then goes and lifts, right? And, like, you know, what does a freshman do? He shows up 15 minutes before he's supposed to be here, changes his clothes, and goes into the weight room. And he does it every day. That's that's who he is because we talk to our kids a lot about there's an approach to being a good player, right? Like, you don't, there's no accident. Like, there's an approach. And even good players in our team, like PJ, need to develop more of an approach, right? Like, there's just a maturity and an approach of how you go about your business every day, your habits. And then when you do those things well, it leads to good play. You expect to play well. So I think he's reaping the benefit of all that. Cut it. Okay, some of what Brad Brownell said last night. After that win, and Tigers are 6-0, and looking to go 7-0. and Duke struggled some at home with Pitt last night, ended up winning. So they'll come in feeling pretty good. Should be a heck of a game uh, Saturday afternoon up at uh, – up at Little John and Saturday, South Carolina, coming off that surprising win over Kentucky, takes on a, a Texas A&M team that's kind of turned it around and, and starting to play better, uh, better basketball. Uh, Coach Reedy, uh, gosh, I can't thank you enough. I can't wait to dive in. What am I eating? I'm eating the – You're eating the bacon double patty milk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yeah, that's yes. a killer. Tell, me, like tell me what – tell everybody what's in it. Well, it's double patties mm-hmm. with, um, with the comeback sauce. And, the comeback uh, sauce is what y'all are famous for, oh, right? Oh, yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, What's yeah. in it? Is it the it's, secret, it's, secret formula? Well, it's, it's mustard, mayonnaise, ketchup, and secret spices that I don't even know what, <laughs> what they are. <clears throat> but then uh, with bacon and onions. Have you ever thought about putting one of these in the capital city? Yes. We we got to find somebody that uh, wants to invest some money and open one. <laughs> so, well, how yeah. about the sports talk comeback shack? Yeah, that we. I know you've got plenty of money, so why don't you open one? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, we could do our show from there. You know, when Leroy Selman, remember that name? Yeah. When Leroy Selman bought or built the Outback in Tampa mm-hmm. near the stadium. Yep. Of course, he was so famous down there, and people loved him. One thing he did was build a radio studio in the Outback Steakhouse, yep. in the middle of it. Why did he do that? He knew that there would be out-of-town broadcasters coming in on Fridays mm-hmm. to play the, when their teams are playing the Bucks. He provided them with a quality studio, and he would be interviewed, and it was advertising oh, yeah. for his business. Yep. 
Let's you know? yeah. Well, you know, we we appreciate you being here t- tonight, and uh, the people and, have and, just and, been yeah. <laughs> no, flowing in here, yeah, looking it, at it, us like, "What are these two clowns <laughs> doing?" But yeah, you build one in Columbia, I'll be there. Well, no, I'll we 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 plan. Uh, we're gonna we'll build Somerville, and then we're gonna go to West Ashley mm-hmm. to that part of town, and probably do four, maybe five in in Charleston, and then we're gonna look maybe to go to Columbia would be the next place we probably went, but that's two or three, four years down the road. Well, we look forward to welcoming you with open arms uh, as both a, a football analyst, a former uh, coordinator and head coach, and a restaurant entrepreneur. You also have some subways, right? Yeah, we've got five subways. Yeah, I love subways. Subways are good. I'm glad to see you all went back having roast beef. Yeah, well, yeah, the, we, the subway – was really going down, uh, but you know we've got new management at headquarters. This is now. national, yes, national and, subway, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and they've done a good job. I mean, subway was up thirteen percent last year. Fantastic. So yeah, it's good. Uh, nice seeing Miss Debbie here as well. Yeah, she's <laughs> she yeah. she does well by you and vice versa. <laughs> well, she takes good care of me. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. We've we had a blast here. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, Pat, thank you very much for taking care of things back in Columbia. Uh, Back in the home studios at Dave & Buster Studios in Columbia tomorrow night. Thanks for being with us. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.